it was a shock because of course I wasn't prepared. I was on birth control. I wasn't trying to have a child. So um, I had to make a decision of maybe what you're going to do with your life. Like you want to give your son at least a little bit of a better image and a better example of what you need to do as a parent. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Now, I know I say I'm excited on every single show, but this one, I'm like cray cray excited. I just really am. And the reason is I've roped in my big sister to be on the show. Ah, Her name's Phoebe White. Welcome to the show, Phoebe. Thank you for having me, Petra. It's so exciting. Um, It's so fun because obviously we've got a bit of a a similar story uh, growing up. Um, but also recently, I've been, as you, some of you know, on a bit of a health quest. I've been doing an entrepreneurial journey and struggling a bit with allowing my body to catch up with all the work my mind is doing. And I visited my sister in Atlanta, Georgia recently, and I was like amazed at how much she had transformed within the last couple of month period over a really, really stressful time. And so we had a bit of a debate about whether to do this because she was a bit like, well, I'm not quite at the end end. And I was like, yeah, but I see. So I took so much inspiration from your story. And so it's not about being at the end end, whatever that is, right? Because you just get a new curveball along the way. Um, so we're going to talk about health. We're going to talk about well-being and just how our lifestyle and maybe even trauma and stress can kind of impact how we deal and how we cope. <sighs> how are you doing, Phoebe? I'm okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so glad that you're on. Um, I have to also say that I haven't had anyone on from our generation who was raised in the in the Children of God cult, um, just because everyone struggles or figures it out in the in their own way. But let's dive right in. Like from your perspective, what the hell was childhood like? Um, it was definitely interesting. Um. I find when I look back on it now, because I have a child now and he's being raised in more of a traditional lifestyle and everything, in comparison to his, I see that it was quite odd and strange. Um, um, But I feel like it had its good and bad points as far as, you know, the travels and everything that we did throughout our lives. And, you know, we had so much fun together, the five of us. But yeah, it was definitely uh, different. And now being grown up and having been living in normal, regular society now in the United States for the past almost 20 years, it's been an adjustment and um, things have been weird in a way of like trying to just learn how to be in life and everything. So I feel like that was from our childhood. We didn't really um, get introduction into anything, any traditional ways of doing things, school, just life in general. They're getting ready to go to the prom. Now it's prom season for all these kids around here in high school. I'm like, what is this? So it's it's just weird doing the comparisons, what I'm doing now, which maybe not, this might not be such a healthy thing to do. 
Um, but I'm just seeing that there were some very big differences Super. in our upbringing. Yeah, and, and so for people who haven't maybe heard a bit of my previous um, content, um, we didn't go to schools, so we didn't have an education. We grew up all over the place, right? Like India, Brazil, uh, all over <laughs> Europe. And then we sort of spread out into different places. I yeah. think from 16, did you moved away? Yes, when I was um, 16, I went to Russia um, for about a year and a half. And then I went to Nigeria um, and traveled around West Africa and East Africa as well for about five years. And then I went back to Belgium for a little while and then came to the United States, to Atlanta, to be with everyone over here and just see what life was like living in the real world. Coming to America was literally what I felt like. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, what a great reference, um, yeah. Coming, yeah. To, coming to America. Mm. So, yeah. So it's been just about me just learning myself and um, growing up and also being a parent now. And Which is so hard, right? And, yeah, and, and yeah. we never, we didn't really have the blueprint for how do we now parent in a, in a normal, I've also realized that normal isn't quite normal either, uh, but right. what we thought was a normal society, like how do we mm -hmm. not repeat patterns of mm -hmm. toxic behaviors for our own children? Mm -hmm. Yes, and even not just the parenting side of things, but I just feel like we weren't prepared at all for anything in life. So coming here, I've had to learn how to... Open I had to learn how to fucking drive. drive. I had to yeah. learn how to be in a relationship. I had to learn how to get a job. I had to learn how to start saving money. I'm still I'm struggling with that. But I'm just everything that maybe some things are taught, I think, in school. Like if they have economics. They have business classes. Like Dorian is taking some right now. My son's name is Dorian. And he's 11. And he's already starting to be introduced to some finances and math and things like that that help you just to know about the future and just in general, when you're going to, when you're going to grow up, you're going to have to do things. You're going to be a grown up, and you have to know how to budget. You have to know how to go grocery shopping. You have to know um, what not to buy and what how to, to get buy. a job interview, how, how to, how to do an interview. How They're learning interview. about that, how to get a job. And of course we came to all of that later, later than yes. other people did. Right. So it also affected Confident, like, okay, let me go back a little bit because we could go into so many different ways. That all of this is around resilience, right? And we're saying we just weren't quite prepared for for what life was going to throw at us in the real world. And the reality was, we were told things like it was going to be the end of the world in three years. Um, so we never had this mindset of planning ahead either and thinking anything that was a longer than a three year trajectory. Like even now, I've got to go, ooh, a ten year plan. But that's like how people sort of manage and, and live their lives. I found that when I was sort of in the bubble of the cult, um, as you said, there were good bits. Like there were really, like us five siblings, we were a unique family, as you can tell. Did anyone tell that we're like sisters and like, yeah? Uh. <laughs> um, right. So, really? really? <laughs> Adopted? What? <laughs> it's confusing. We won't even go there. I know. But it was it's a, a long story. United Colors of Benetton, mixed race kind of family, um, which made us sort of special in our own right. Like I think we had attention in that sense and, and our parents were kind of moved up in, in the ranks a little bit. So so there was some great memories from from traveling. There was also some dark stuff. It was like a free love uh, ideology. There was a lot of um, 
propaganda or ideologies that we had to adhere to. And as long as you were adhering to them, it was like, yay, wonderful. And the second you were like, um, just questioning, you'd be seen as a doubter and somebody that might need to be ostracized. And it, and that's when it would get dark, right? And reprogrammed and change and go and pray. So we can like start thinking in the way that you're supposed to be thinking this one way of thinking. Well, yeah. and just now that I know a little bit about like the impact of groups in general and group pressure, like if you let that, that example, like if you have people surrounding you, praying over you and this, all this energy saying that you're a bad person, like, because you don't believe in the same way as them, or you're even questioning it, like, what does that do to just your inner core of self-worth and I don't know, confidence, belief, you know? And, and then, and what's important too, because like I feel like over this time that I've been in the United States, I've been trying to learn myself because I don't know. I've with the way I've been thinking and the way that I've been taught in my life has been what other people want me to think, or it's been programmed to us that this is how we're supposed to think. Always. So it's not necessarily that that's what I believe or that's what I feel. It's just that's the only thing I was taught. I don't know anything else but that. So I don't even know if I believe that. I don't even know if I don't believe that. I don't know if I might <laughs> think completely the opposite. So that has been something even now today, as I'm going through my life and I'm learning things about myself, I'm like, hmm, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. What do you even like to do like as hobbies? What kind of things? Because every single thing in our life was told to us about how we're supposed to do it, structured in a certain way. You're supposed to do things on a certain schedule, on a certain time, and everything is supposed to be just this one way and no other way. So it totally is very limiting, and you're only seeing things in this one perspective. And if you start looking any other way or even curious, like you said, or start wondering if maybe this is wrong or maybe this is some, maybe there's something else out there that I'm supposed to be doing or interested in, then it's like, nope. Totally rework you that way again. Yeah. So and so then the 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 hard journey of learning to have some critical thinking to actually mm -hmm. make decisions based on what you want and and we got mm -hmm. it. I mean, I fucking got it wrong loads of times because I'm just mm -hmm. like you know I'm married an Italian Catholic. Like what the hell? Talk about repeating mm -hmm. patterns, right? Um, I think mm -hmm. a lot of us went into relationships with slightly controlling men. I think a mm -hmm. lot of us had children. Uh, or a, a child really young. I did my whole master's uh, dissertation on, on us, you know, women and the belief around babies being a blessing. And um, without, so just like hear this people, without an education or any kind of guidance on what are the steps that you take to build a life, you're now pretty young and have a kid. And it's like, how the fuck do we deal with that? It's like, you not only have to deal with your mindset, you now have another human to, I don't know what, what that, Right. And then what you were saying about how babies are a blessing and everything, because that's what we're taught because children are God's the children of God or whatever that says in the Bible. And we do, we, you can't have an abortion and all that stuff. Right. Exactly. So I did have an abortion um, when I was 17, 18. No, no, no. I was older than that. So yeah. I'd already, I was about to leave Nigeria. So I was 21 or 22 already then. Anyway, either way, that a lot of people might not know about me, but that did happen. And I felt very, 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 very horrible about it because all my life I've been taught that oh, you're not supposed to do that. You're killing the child and you're going to go to hell and everything is bad. You have children are blessing again. What are you doing? But I 
already knew at that point that I wanted to leave. And I didn't want to go to the United States or go to wherever I was going to go and start my life and start my education or whatever it was I was going to do with a baby. Like now I'm having to do all of this, learning about myself, starting my life anew with a little baby. I just knew that I was not going to give that child the best life. And I just knew that I didn't want that for myself. So I did have an abortion and I felt so guilty about it. And only a few people knew at the time I was in Nigeria and only a few people knew what even happened. And so that in itself to me was, I felt very guilty about that for so many years. Did you have support? And I, I can hear the, just the internal conflict that I know, cause I couldn't do it. I, I felt pregnant and it wasn't planned. And I, you know, the thought crossed my mind, but I, it didn't feel like an option. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. even consider it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I actually see you being as really brave for actually making that step, you know? But what, what was... It took a lot. It took a lot because I just, I really knew in my heart, in my heart, I knew that was the right thing for me to do. But then at the same time, I had my complete, you know, I knew how the, well, some people in the cartoon, you have this one devil on one side and the angel on one side. So I had these two voices in my head saying, like, Phoebe, you really shouldn't do this. And another one was like, yeah, you really should. And I didn't necessarily see it as evil and good necessarily. I just felt like, what are my options if I have, if I don't do this, I'm going to be stuck trying to, because I knew, like I said, I already knew without a shadow of doubt that I was going to leave, even though I didn't leave right away. I knew that I was trying to leave the cult and, and go on to, to live my life in my own way that I wanted to. And the situation with the father of that of that child, um, he wanted to marry me. Um, he was not in the cult either, which is also very taboo. You're Ooh, not supposed girl. to do that. So that whole thing, I mean, that whole situation in time was very stressful for me because it was all of my inner turmoil of leaving anyway. So that's already bad. Leaving and you're going to the devil. You're being a backslider, all those things. So I had stress about that. But then knowing that I'm going to have this abortion and having it, Dealing with this guy who wanted to marry me, but I didn't know if I wanted to marry him. He was Muslim. Uh, it was that whole. Who did you have any uh, like someone that you could really talk to? Did you have any friend? One, one friend, yes. Okay. She was. She's the one who really knew a lot about about a lot of things that I was going through. Um, she couldn't come with me when I went to have the abortion because of the fact that she didn't want to raise any alarms or anything to want anybody else to know. So, so did I you guys went do it in secret by myself. And then after this I was in Nigeria, abortion, people, by the way, yes, it's this a isn't surgery like, and it's not like something be more, it would have been ideal if I could have been like in a Western hospital at least. But I mean, there are some good doctors there and everything, sure. but I don't even really remember all of it, but I just remember that I was in a lot of pain. First, they weren't going to put me all the way under. Then they did. Finally, I get, I go wake up and then it's done. And I'm just bawling, crying, tears and tears and tears. Like, oh my God, I just killed this baby. Oh my God, I'm going to be so horribly judged and everything. And I just felt guilty. And then, and then I'm in pain. Now I have to get up and go home and act like nothing's wrong with me. So you literally, other people in the home, which is what the communes called, um, didn't know. No, only one person knew. And so I went back and there's little babies in everywhere, the house. Everywhere. Everywhere. Because everyone has little babies in the house. And I see these little babies and I just start weeping away and they're like, What's wrong, Auntie Phoebe? I'm just like, Oh my god, I feel like a horrible person. I went to bed and I fainted even one of the nights. Like it was just a lot. But all that to say, yes. 
I decided that I had to do this and that that was the best choice that I could have made at that time. Maybe it wasn't the best thing. And, you know, some people that are listening to this might not agree. And I know there's a lot of controversy behind abortion. And I'm not suggesting that everybody needs to do this. And this is supposed to be some, you know, thing that you do when you just don't know what to do. You just have an abortion. I'm not saying that. In my specific situation, it was the best thing that I needed to do for myself. And I feel very strongly and confident about it now that it was the right thing for me to do. Um, because now, looking back on it and coming to the United States and just learning oh, oh. life and you imagine how everything that I went through while being here, I'm so glad I didn't have another child um, at that time to have to deal with because it would have been just way too much for me. So, um, but just all that to say about the children are a blessing thing. Yes, that is ingrained in us. And so that was a very, that was one of the big traumas or big moments in my sure. life that was very stressful for me because of the fact that all my life I've been ingrained in me that I'm not supposed to do this. And now you just get kill the baby. Like you're, you're, gonna, you're the worst person. Yeah. Ever. But then the flip side is having the baby and getting postnatal depression as I did and not enjoying like a fucking minute of it when, when, when my son was really young and going through my worst sort of, alcoholism like um just crazy shit at the like just trying to work stuff out at that at that time um feeling the guilt of you know the fact that I'd had the kid that I that I was being a parent but I was a horrible parent and I just couldn't handle it and if if children are a blessing and a woman's role is to have a child and to be a mother and you know I felt like a bad person for and and I don't think this is um exclusive to our upbringing right and no. this is some, some, something about a female condition in lots of societies where we're expected to raise children and to uh, have this maternal instinct that's just automatic and beautiful and just, right. we just let them suckle on our bosom and sit there and it's all wonderful, right? The reality right. is so much different and it's hard and, and it's, there's a lot of shame in actually talking about that. Mm-hmm. I agree because even then, fast forward to when I had my son, Dorian, I was old, 39. Old, 39. Yeah, you were older than 39. So I was a grown adult, supposedly, quote unquote. But um, I still, I didn't really want to have a child. I knew already that children were not really in the cards. Like, I didn't feel like I wanted to have children. I didn't want to be one of those women that just has children. You know, because we grew up with people having 15, 14, 12, 10 children. And yeah. I was like, no, nope, not doing it. And I took care of so many children when I was young. And you're the oldest sibling of five. So my children. Yeah. And so I was like, no, nope, no, I don't want to. Before I used to think that when I was young, yes, I want to have five kids and I want to be a mommy and stuff. And even when I was a teenager, I'd be like, yeah, I think I'm, I was good with the children and they loved me and everything. Felt like, you know, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. But then when it really came time for it, and when I found out again that I was pregnant um, when I was on birth control, which I really thought was supposed to be secure and keeping me from getting <laughs> pregnant, um, then I got pregnant again. I was like, shit, I'm not going to have another abortion. Like, I did kind of still feel a little twinge of something inside of me about having that first one. I'm like, I'm not going to do this again. So it was still, and I had kind of sworn like I'm going to do this this one time and I'm not going to do it again. Kind of made a promise to God or whatever it was. Like I was just told myself I'm not going to do that again. So now fast forward, I'm pregnant again. I'm like, shit, now you have to keep your word, BD. What are you going to do? God another will strike one? you down. Because part of me was <laughs> contemplating doing it. And I was like, mm, nah, now, I'm not. before but, you got pregnant, 
I just want to highlight the lost years. <laughs> um, uh, they, they, maybe that you wouldn't call them that for you, but but just like there's this maybe that's how I'd refer to some of mine. This this transition period, which meant yeah. that having like such restricted freedoms, and then going into a world where everything was on the cards, and with and we have no sense of being able to do critical thinking. That's essentially right. what it was. No no personal boundaries other than what the group sort of instructed us and enforced. And so there's suddenly there's this free for all and you're young and you've moved to the States and I mean, you party, right? I mean, you've got to survive, but you also are just like, fucking hell, finally, I can let loose. Right. Like, what was, what was that little yeah, bit like? Yeah, because my initial, my initial thought when coming to the United States was that I'm going to go to America and I'm going to get my education because we weren't able to get to school. I'm going to go to school and I'm going to live with my grandmother for a little while and just really get this done and be successful and blah, 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 blah. I came here. Yes, I lived with my grandmother for about a year, got a little job, um, waiting tables and stuff. And then I got an administrative type of job. So I had two jobs and I was living with my grandmother for a little while. Then I moved in with my aunt for a little bit, but all I would do was work and go out and I made friends and stuff. And then I was, yes, I was partying a whole lot. Then I finally moved out and had a roommate for a little while. And yeah, Every day of the week, we'd be out every evening. Go to work, stay out till like four o'clock in the morning, get up, go to work. We just lit. My life was for partying. My whole <laughs> job, all my money was spent to your credit cards, getting to all the different stores. They have credit cards for everything here in the United States. You can get into debt every like no store has yeah. a card. Every place, like everything you do for perfumes and body lotions and shoes, everything. There's credit cards, everything. So I got all the credit cards because, of course, I have no sense of anything. Let's get all the credit cards, spend all the money, dress all the clothes and everything, go out, party, drink. And I was also working at a law firm where we did a lot of the liquor licenses yeah. for these clubs and stuff. So I got it in free. So it wasn't like I was spending all my money on going out oh, and stuff, right. but still <laughs> spending all my money on clothes and shoes and everything trivial. Well, and then that, that, out. that concept of like the world's going to end in three years, that plays a part in that too. Like retirement, like who it's, we had no concept of like saving yeah. for retirement because there was always this thing of like, I mean, we, we lived light as well. I remember leaving places in the middle of the night, right? Because, the, well, there's that whole story, right? Um, just because, oh, my. There's too many. There's too oh many. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So we would pick up sticks and have to leave because police were, like, looking and, and raiding homes and, and trying to find if, if, like, abuse was going on. Like, just crazy shit like that. Um, and so we never, uh, we always left things. We always left houses. We always left um, countries and not just for those reasons, but also because there was a new vision or a new thing for us to go and explore. Right. And I think both of us in hindsight can see that we've had a head start in actually observing cultures and people and uh, relationship building and all the things that can kind of help us in, in our, I, I certainly can appreciate that now. Um, but there's also the dark side, which is don't invest in relationships. Because you can mm-hmm. just, like, if it gets hard, you just leave the country. You just, right. like, up and leave. And so the, the fact of, like, being consistently in a place for years and years and years and then going, oh, I'm still doing this, like, mm-hmm. thing and it's five years later or whatever, right? And I yes. haven't say Like, it's you, you learn the slow, hard way. Right. And that's one thing that even now today, which is why in the beginning you said, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite there yet in so many aspects of my life because... 
Um, I did spend a lot of my time just playing. Playing is really what I call it. I spent a lot of my years here. But you say that like it's a judgment. We didn't get to play much as kids. Right. We were God's end time soldiers. We were soldiers. That's who we were. Yeah. Exactly. No, we didn't get to play. So, yes. You made up for it. (laughs) Have a good time having a good time. Had a good time having a good time. But then, if you fast forward now, yes, I've been here for almost 18 years now. In November, it'll be 18 years. And really, what? Like, okay, yes. I've learned things about myself, which I know that was probably important. And maybe I needed to get all that stuff out of my system and everything, too. But, like you said, we have no concept of saving, no concept of retirement, no, like, I'm, like, even today thinking, like, who knows? You might not live. You might, not just in general with Jesus coming back or anything, but <laughs> what can happen to well, you yeah. in two years or whatever. So, but, yes, it's good to be prepared. So that is one thing that I have to start doing now. Like, I'm 41 now. Yes, it's not is, like I'm sister. so young anymore. So now I need to start getting through. Now I should have already been doing that, but it's because of everything that happened. And um, life just goes like that sometimes. And yes, I did not have time. I got a later start in life. Like I did all the things that a normal like 18, yeah. 17 year old college student would be doing, high school student would be doing. I did them in my 20s. Yeah. In the first time. 20, between 25 and 30 is when I was doing all 35, 25 and 35, those 10 years yeah. were just partying and playing around, not getting serious about life. Then when I was 39, I had my son. I'm like, okay, this is a wake up call. I need to you weren't get 30. myself. You couldn't have been 39. I was 39 when I had a But you can't if you're 41 now. I mean, I'm sorry, 29. 29. 29. Yes, 29. There we go. I was 29. Yeah. I keep saying 30. I was 29. Yeah. When I had. So, between the 23, I was 23 or 24 when I got here, 24 and the 29, it was just fun times. And then it was like a reality check, like, whoa, you need to change things. Yeah. And it was shock. It was a shock because, of course, I wasn't prepared. I was on birth control. I wasn't trying to have a child. So um, I had to make a decision of, Phoebe, what are you going to do with your life? Like, you want to give your son at least a little bit of a better image and a better example of what you need to do as a parent. And hopefully, like you said, not repeat patterns or not, because we had no real reference point of anything. I'm trying to do the best that I can for my son. I want to give him everything that I can that I didn't have when I was younger either. So it's just an incentive, right? To, for work to, like life takes on a different meaning. It really did. So partying ceased, smoking ceased, uh, drinking didn't cease just yet, but, um, that happened later a little bit less. Um, but yeah, so no more like partying till the middle of the night every day, like your, your perspectives and your priorities do change when you become a parent most of the times, um, especially if you're trying to do at least some semblance of a good, a decent job as a parent. Like I didn't know anything. Again, I don't have any reference point of how to be a parent either. And um, I'm a single mom. So that too, to me, hardcore. I had, it took me a long time to get my mind right about that too, because I had this idea of what it means to be a single mom as an African-American woman here in the United States. That's already a statistic in itself. Black women, most of the times are single moms. Most of the times they're, doing poorly as far as financially they're 
not living well. They're getting food stamps. And then it's the the government assistance. African American son, male child, right? And what the the stigmas or the statistics are around that. Exactly. So now I'm thinking to myself, I'm a statistic. I'm a fucking statistic, Phoebe. This is not what you wanted. Were you angry? Like, what are the emotions that you would put into that time? Thought I was very angry. I was very hurt. I was disappointed in myself. I felt like this is this is it. Like you made the worst choices, and now you've gotten to this. Now you're bravo, Phoebe. Bravo. (laughs) Oh, so but you were you were turning your anger inward. Because I, I was certainly a victim and blamed the cult, uh, our parents. Oh, yes. I know. I did that, oh, too. Oh, you did that, too. Okay. <laughs> this is where the school stuff comes in because there were so many things going on at the same time with me in my life at that time. I was in school. Now I feel like, okay, I'm, now I'm pregnant. Now this fucks up my whole idea about you know, trying to go to school and everything and finish up. I was struggling in school also. Math we specifically. We weren't taught how to learn. I'm the worst at math. I've just come to realize I'm the worst at math. I took so many classes over and over again, failed it like four times. This algebra class that I needed in order to move on to the next level, you cannot continue if you don't pass this one specific class. And I failed it four times. Finally, I passed that piece of it. It was remedial. Then I go on to the actual college level class and I can't pass that. Failed it three times. Then I started taking some extra, all of this is happening while I am raising a child, embracing this child and off and on. Cause I quit for a little <laughs> while. <Embracing. laughs> yeah. Yes, no, it took me some, it took me some time to embrace him. Of course. My pregnancy was terrible. It was, um, your health was shit, wasn't it? It was, it was terrible. And, um, yeah, I gained so much weight, got up to 200 pounds, which I don't know how many kilos that is, but it's a lot. Yeah. But I want to just, just touch on resilience for a second, because regardless of how things turned out, we're going to get to that in a minute. You kept, you failed four times and three times, and you kept going back, and you kept going so back. So seven altogether. Four well, plus three is seven. Well, hey, hey, you're pretty good at math. I know. <laughs> That's so about bad. my level. Oh my <laughs> my God. 15-year-old, like, does math for me. Thank God for calculators, right? Like, that's how we survive. Um, but, but something kept you like pushing and, and just determined in some way. Like how, how the fuck did you manage that? No, it was just that I didn't (laughs) want to be a failure. I didn't want to be a failure. Okay. Well, but then that was your like driving. That was my, that was my motivation. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to let make people think, Oh, Phoebe has been trying this over and over. And finally, she still can't get anything. So I'm still concerned about what other people think about me in some way. Also my family here, they're very much into All of them are very educated. They all went to college and went, some of them even went on my cousins and my um, aunts and stuff. And, they went on to get their master's degrees and doing multiple things and like very successful and stuff. So the whole guys of the family that's here in the United States with me coming from, they also knew that I was coming from the cult and they didn't really know a whole lot about it, but they did know that we didn't have education. And my grandmother, she was educator herself. She was a teacher um, for that was her career. So education is a big deal in our family. So coming here, they were all like, yes, you're going to school. We're gonna so you felt you were then influenced by another society's idea of what you should be doing. 
Yes. Like, so, do you think um, you, there was any listening to intuition or like not much? No, because they, they also were trying to be nice and having the best intentions and their good heart that they have were saying, you know, we're going to kind of take you under our wing. You've been sheltered and you don't know anything. So we're going to show you the way. You don't know. You don't know anything about well, life you here. You don't know. Your, like, lack of confidence. All the time, you don't know. And it's true. I didn't know something I didn't know, but something that I was trying to learn just on my own. Like, let me figure it out. Um, but with the whole education thing, yes, I felt very much like this is what you should do. And if I, if I didn't, and because of the fact that I was failing so much and my other family members were pretty much brilliant people, and I have a cousin who's my same age, Stacy, who I love to death. Um, but for a while, I was like, I, I can't be like her. Like, I felt really bad because I'm like, we're the exact same age, five days apart, and she's doing phenomenally opportunity. Yeah. well and everything. And, you know, she went to school and got her master's and did everything. Everything, just math and science and everything. And she's just genius. And I'm just like, why am I struggling so much? But I knew that it was because of the cult. And that's where the blame you asked me about. Anger. Did you blame? Yes, I was furious. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. This is why, because I didn't have any school, I didn't learn Dorian again to my son because this is how I'm learning in life through him. I'm yeah. watching him learn. He's doing algebra right now, statistics, calculus, starting some stuff right now in the fifth grade, sixth grade, <laughs> sixth grade now. But in fifth grade, I started some algebraic and geometry um, type of things, which I was doing when I was in college at 25 years old. So I'm like. You get a foundation and you start slowly building off of that, and that's how it grows, which is genius, of course. Like, oh, that's how anybody should learn. So now I'm trying to cram everything into this while raising a kid as a single parent. Yeah. And then when I was 29, then then I go to school. Um, when I was 29, I stopped for a little while so um, I could take care of Dorian and stuff and figure out what I wanted to do in my life. Because now I'm like, okay, I need to refigure stuff, even though I do still know in my heart. In my head, I'm thinking, I still need to finish school. So how are you going to do this, Phoebe? So then I said, okay, go part-time, do it online, do some in-class. Maybe take one or two classes instead of doing the full load, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Kept trying. I did some, finished some of them. But that math just kept on being the barrier. And, and I don't know, honestly, I don't know if it was me having a mental block against it. Um, just telling myself, if you suck at math, like you're just down at this, like maybe you should just do something else. I, but, but see, but this is where there's a bit of, well, is there, I want to say there's a bit of luck, but I don't really believe that. But like, if I had to re redo math over and over, I probably would have been in the same situation, but because of the system over here, I was able to just kind of skirt the issue, uh, use my like, you know, to just uh, get in a specialized route, get really good at one thing and not have to bother with anything else really, you know, um, mm. without having to get stuck. I, I, I just like skip stuff, you know, like I didn't do a degree. I went straight to a master's. I just like, you know, I just played play the system. Um, oh, here you can't do that. Well, I mean, you can only do it in very rare occasions. And I just found the one any, anyway. So math would have been my nemesis as well. And so, I know that this kind of decade from when you had Dorian up until recently, right? So about a year ago. Um, I mean, I remember calling you and you'd be like driving, you'd be in traffic, you'd be, Dorian would be going to morning breakfast club like at crazy o'clock and then have to stay late because you would be like 
working and studying and, and being in traffic and living and trying to pay rent and all that sort of stuff, right? I mean, it was full on. And what we can probably see in hindsight is a, a little bit is the stress and the trauma and the not maybe living your full truth, trying to make it up according to other people's opinions was like building up over time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which led to... And I had a lot of internal things and I'm starting to realize that now, like what, you, what things are going on, they do reflect, your body reflects those things. And I didn't know it at the time, but I felt like, yes, I had a very bad high blood pressure issues. Um, I did keep yo-yoing in my weight. Ever since I had Dorian, I did lose a little bit of weight, but then I gained it back again. I was going through some depression, which I really at the time didn't even consider it to be depression. But now looking back on it, I feel like I was. For sure. um, Because I also had a very bad um, situation with his father um, and our relationship really wasn't the best. But I was heartbroken about the fact that I didn't work out. We were engaged. We never got married and everything just kind of went it didn't happen yeah it didn't happen so and it's not always going to happen but those kind of things are very crushing for my soul i feel like that also might be something i'm not sure if it is about the cult or not but i feel like there's some sort of connection there because of the fact that i wanted so badly to be this i wanted so badly to have this image of like see success even though you left you made it and you did good for yourself despite all of that and you have something now to say look everybody man 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 i'm so great i'm gonna prove yes i'm a successful attorney or i'm a successful manager i have this degree now i'm a psychologist i'm a business to school for psychology and but none of that happened i'm not married a single mom I'm struggling I'm not in school I'm barely making it by every day I'm a statistic and that was like oh my god so now I'm just distraught like my life is not going at all the way I thought it was going to go not at all so yes my stress I have anxiety attacks like five uh four years ago I had really a really bad one um actually on the way to your wedding which you might not have known I had a very when you were here in London? Uh, or I was traveling? Here in the United States, about to go to the airport. And my blood pressure, my heart was beating so fast. Yeah, that was my chest. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh my God, I'm literally in the emergency room. And I'm like, I have to get on this plane in two hours. They're like, you can forget it. I'm like, but I'm in the wedding. My sister's getting married. I need made. to go. I need to go. She's like, oh, they're going to have to call them. I didn't want to call you. I didn't want to stress you out and everything. But I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But literally, I was at stroke level, my blood pressure. Um, they gave me some medicine. I was able to calm down. But they said, don't do anything crazy. Don't run and all that stuff because you're going to just flare it up again. But I was determined. And I left and I went um, to your wedding. And it was everything. beautiful moment it was wasn't it, it was um, well, but anyway that was one of them and then i also had another really bad panic attack or what i thought was just um with me having uh, like chest pains and everything i thought i was having a heart attack but it was just anxiety they said it was just stress so it just happened to me two or three times and i'm like phoebe you also need to re-figure some things about your life because if you're letting things stress you like this like it's just going to kill you. That's what I was thinking. It's well, that's what it was you. coming down to. Because literally strokes, you will die. 
<laughs> I was very aware. Diabetes is like I was just I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant, and that the chances of you getting regular diabetes, I guess, are higher if you have that during pregnancy. So I had to watch what I'm eating. I'm thinking that I was, but actually I was just snacking and eating at all times. Yeah. So it's like not even really thinking no. consciously about what I'm putting in my body. I do eat some salads and some vegetables and stuff like that, but then I also eat three donuts or chips or just in the car while I'm driving, I'm eating just eating like comfort yes. food, like trying to like, if you the don't evening time sitting in front of the TV and eating ice cream or eating potato chips or done. popcorn, like just coping, trying to cope and trying to, like you said, comfort yourself so or whatever. Right. I just, in my head, I wasn't even thinking about it as in any way like that. I'm only saying that now as I'm looking back on things and thinking, yeah, you really were not living your best life at all. No, but but what's That's interesting true, is though. you you have a stroke scare. You have the blood pressure and like all this actual physical evidence that you could die if you don't fucking do something, right? But you did. You it, it wasn't like a life altering lifestyle change that it has been recently. It was like, and so this is interesting actually because how because you obviously needed to get to another rock bottom or it wasn't enough to make you wake up. Yes, um, it, it was enough to tell me you need to slow down and maybe you need to not stress so much. But then I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck am I supposed to do, though? Because what are the I don't are have there? a choice. I don't have a choice right now. So, yes, maybe well, I need to exercise eat ice more. Ice cream on the sofa. need to exercise more. Yeah. I need to maybe start doing some zen type things like yoga and stuff. So at that time, like four years ago, five years ago, um... I started re- recognizing the fact that something was very wrong with me. And I need to do something about it, but I just don't know what. So you actually suggested to me about life coaching. I said to myself that I was going to go to counseling. I did for a little while, but insurance has only covered them in certain ways, and it's very complicated here. If you have good insurance, then you can go for extended periods. But I went for maybe like six months, and then I stopped. Um, and then... Because I'm thinking to myself, there's some mental things that maybe I need to work on because that will, mental at least is a foundation for the physical. Once you start going there and you start realizing, you know, what's in your head, then maybe you can start helping with some of these physical aspects of life. So then um, the life coaching, I was like, okay, fine. I'll look into it maybe and talk to someone. So I did it for about six months and that person introduced me to the whole meditating thing and said that you should try meditation, you should try yoga. And I didn't really know much about it and I thought before that I was all like too new agey or whatever and too kind of right. sitting there a little bit going, too much oh, like a prayer evening. <laughs> and just trying to get some good vibes when I can be cleaning something. <laughs> this is wasting my time. Studying or cleaning. Um what I'm thinking <laughs> in my head, okay I have groceries to do, I have do this homework, I have to do my own studies, I have to do this job, and right? everything. Right? Like, Who the fuck has time to prioritize that shit when you've got to survive? Right. So I'm thinking to myself, who can do this? But okay, fine, if you say so, let's try it. So I started getting did you start? apps yes. on my phone. I did an inside timer. Well, I got inside timer and calm, these two apps. And I was trying to do like one minute of just breathing. Two minutes. Like, breathing in and out. I'm like, breathing, really? Just going <laughs> breathe here. I can breathe while I'm walking. I can breathe <laughs> on the door. I can breathe in the car. Like, what is I can this breathe while I'm washing dishes. But I did realize that it's all about 
the mental, like if you allow yourself to calm down too, like you have to get yourself in this mind frame of, okay, I'm just going to give myself these two minutes just not to think about things. Just for these two minutes, try to just not think about things and let your mind just be free and be in the moment, I guess. So as I'm at this, uh, my last job that I was in was quite stressful. I was in a, the finance department and it was just a lot and a lot of deadlines and long hours. I take stuff home with me, work on the weekends. Um, it was a lot. And so at that time when I was doing that one life coaching, she suggested that cause she could tell, she said, I can, I can tell that you're very stressed and that you have a lot going on. And every time you talk to me, that was one word. I forgot what it was, but she said, you keep bringing that word up. Like obviously, Oh, I said something about, um, I think I did say stressed or overworked or something like that. And so she said, try just taking a little bit of break sometimes. Like go to the car, or go, to go, go for a walk around the building or something. So I would do that. I would literally go to my car when I felt my heart like start palpitating. Like I literally was feeling the shakes or something. So I would go to the car, just try to breathe in and out for a little while. And then first I felt so stupid. And I felt also dumb, like people walking by here looking at me like, what are you doing in your car breathing? Like, what are you doing? But I had to just say, I'm not going to do this because I don't, I can't care about what other people think. If this is about my health and if this is about my life, yeah, then I don't have to try. So it started to become a habit after a little while. First it was, it took um, six months to a year for me to even just really get myself to where I actually wanted to do it. And where I wasn't just forcing myself all the time. Or to where you started feeling the benefits? Not even the benefits, actually. I didn't. Okay. I just thought that if I do this enough, it's going to become a habit. And then maybe I will start seeing some benefits. Um, because physically, I still was not at my best at all. No. I was still um, taking this medication. And I was still very overweight. And um, I was trying to exercise more. And right at the time when I said um, it was 2018, okay, so the beginning, the end of 2017 going into 2018 was when I decided, yes, okay, so I'm going to start exercising more, I'm going to start doing this and that. 2017 was my year when I was like starting to finally get some of these concepts that my mm -hmm. um, life coach was talking to me about. I switched to another one too after a little while. And she was telling me some of the same things and it was really good. And I was like starting to write down mantras and stuff, and put them around the room and around the house and just like get my mind changed, change my mindset a little bit. And so I started exercising on everything. And then at the, um, in the summer, right before, right before the summer of 2018, my back, I had this, um, slip discs in my low back. So actually rewind to like five years prior to that, something similar happened with my back. And it was, again, another stressful situation at my last job before that, where I was also in finance, these finance jobs and me don't really get along very well. I'm starting to realize. Numbers, man. Uh, you should know that. <laughs> but, um, so it put me out. My, my, I slipped just in my back. I had to go to a chiropractor for like six months. But I mean, when you say I, out, you were flat on your back at times. Yeah. You were so out. That was, the first time it happened. And I really didn't think about it as far as it being a stressful type of situation. I thought just maybe I wasn't exercising enough or whatever, something Blame just yourself. happened. And I got into a car accident or something, like something. And I didn't even get into a really major car accident. Someone hit me in the back in the parking lot. So I was like, that couldn't be it, but maybe. 
So um, that was five years prior to that my first incident with my back happened. I actually learned, like basically learn how to walk again. I was on my back. And when you're flat on your back, you have nothing but time to just think about life. And so I was just more, at that time, I was just more angry and very depressed and sad because I'm like, and Dorian was much younger then. So you're trying, you're pushing um, on all cylinders. And then I'm like, what the hell? Like, why can't I get ahead ever? That's what it was. Why can't I get ahead? Why do things knock me down? Why can't I move forward? Why do I have to be struggling so much? What is wrong with me? I just knew something wrong with me. Fast forward to, I finally got up. I went to a chiropractor and everything was good. And I was like, okay, good. I'm thankful. You know, this is great. I'm back to my shape with myself again. Then this happened in 2018. Another incident with my back where it put me completely out. Could not move. Could not walk. Could not stand up. I was laying on the floor. Could not drive. Floor. Could not work. Could not pick up no, your son. No, anything. Could not do anything. But now, of course, Dorian is older. He's almost 11. And he's able to help me a little bit. You know, make his own little eggs in the morning for breakfast. And do some little cleaning up and stuff like that. So bring me some water when I'm thirsty and help me get up and stuff to go to the restroom. And But I still now am realizing again, asking myself, what is wrong? Like, why does this keep happening? Not keep happening. This is the second time in this five-year time frame or seven years that um, this situation has happened with your back. And I really, this time was the one time that I actually took some time to think. Yes, I did have crying moments and just despair, depths of depression and sadness, but also reflection. Like, what do you need to do to be, what do you need to do to change? What, what, what really, what, what something's got to get. Yeah, this so can't keep happening because it's not a good, it's not a way to live, right? No, not at all. So I took this course. Um, it was an online course from this uh, motivational speaker. She's big over here and she's um, also has some books out and stuff. Her name is Yamla Van Zandt. And um, it was this course that mom had actually sent me. Um, it was online. She's doing some video. This woman was doing a video course in New York, but it was filmed. So me being on my back was able to watch it just on the computer. So I just watched it. It was a five-day thing, I think it was. So I did watch it for five days. And she has a note thing that you can do and some little exercise and things like that. But that, I think, was the start of me really opening my eyes to like, wow, this is... And she talks about things like forgiveness and self-love. And she goes deep. She, she had some trauma in her life, too, with her mom. And she said, you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive these people. You have to have like, self-compassion, trust. Like there was one day for each of these things and they were huge. And I was like weeping and crying. And she has this one thing where she um, has this, uh, you have this meditation, but you speak to yourself and basically, you know, tell yourself the things you don't like about yourself and also about forgiving yourself. And then there's this, um, one thing that she did, I forgot I recorded it, that it was um, very powerful. And that whole that whole course, I wrote stuff down, I wrote notes and everything, and in my head I was like, I need to start incorporating some of these things into my life and just like start being forgiving, start being more trusting and open, yeah. Opening myself to just 
better things to happen in my life. Maybe if I do this, maybe that will bring some goodness. Um, and I don't know how much our audiences know about the situation with our father and stuff like that too. And so there was a lot of that, all this stuff is going on at the same time. So forgiveness was one of the big ones. So our dad's kind of just for people, I have mentioned it on a podcast episode a little while ago. Um, when it was about forgiveness, um, or the, it was the one, remember you, we, we chatted about it. What's the gift in that? And I got oh. a bit emotion and was like, yeah. I'm, I'm like trying to apply this. And I was like, um, uh, what's the gift in my dad not speaking to me anymore? You know, what's the gift in our family being ripped apart because of fucking religion and because of, you know, how people now are surviving and, and living in the world. Do you remember? I swear we had a little cry. Yes. Um, like it's, it's no. heart, it's heartbreaking and hurtful. And the temptation in those, in those times is to close further, is to put up more barriers and bigger armor so that no one can ever fucking hurt you again, right? Like that's, yeah. that, that's what our bodies wants to do. Um, and then Brené Brown's work is all about, it's hard to hate someone up close. Like how do you open up and get close to that person and just mm-hmm. think the best in them? Or, or, mm-hmm. or forgiveness is about your healing and not even yes. about them, right? Right. And so right. you're fi- like, exactly. I, I imagine you would never have taken five fucking days to do anything self-development focused had you no. not been on your back. Because I have no choice. I can't move, can't do anything. And another thing that I was doing was listening to your podcast. <laughs> so I would listen to these people and one of them was, what is the gift? Finding the gift. And I was like, wow, really? What's the gift in this? What is the gift in this? And I had to think about that too, because, oh my gosh, it was horrible. It's so counterintuitive, right? But now looking back on it, I feel like that was a gift. Me listening to the podcast, okay, right. Me listening to the podcast, me getting on the Ziana Benzant thing and everything, like it really started me on the path of making a better change in myself, even though I'm not, like I said, where I need to be at all not even close but I did start just saying that I wanted to live and because I want to live I need to take care of myself so and I need to be there for my son because he only has one mom and I was 200 pounds and I said nope you're not going to keep doing this to yourself Evie so I slowly very slowly started trying to eat better I couldn't exercise much because of my back and because I'm on my back, I also knew that I didn't want to gain any more weight mm, because you're otherwise yeah. I'm really going to die. So I'm already starting to do meditation. I'm starting to do a little bit of yoga stretches for my back because it helps. But the weight thing was really important to me because of my blood pressure and because of my not being able to move, being very sedentary. So I said, I need to change something. So I slowly started to try to change my diet just as the first thing that I can do right now because I can't exercise very much. So I started making smoothies. I started, um, oh, at the time, because I couldn't move or do anything, I was getting these, um, it was called Fresh Harvest. I was getting these vegetables and things from local farms delivered to the house. It's a program that they have here in Atlanta. Um, So you just sign up, you go on your grocery list online, and it's all fresh, organic stuff. And they delivered it. So when they started delivering those things, I would try to, as I'm getting better and able to stand a little bit more or even sit down, I'll cut up all the vegetables seeded and like freeze them and make smoothies 
start eating more salads and just cut out sugars, cut out um, alcohol, cut out um, mostly sugars and alcohol. Yeah, all the comforting sugars, of course, shit is in is in multiple things because everything basically turns into sugar. So um, I try not to eat so much pasta bread, like carbs and stuff like that, that turn into sugars, but then also physical sugar candy. I was addicted to those gummy candies, addicted to gummy candies, chocolate, cake, anything with bread, donuts, cookies, any of those things. Oh my God, you could not put them in front of me because I would eat all of them. And so I had to slowly start by not eating the whole box. Maybe just eat two instead of eating five. And then maybe today, have two cookies, but then tomorrow don't have any, or only have one, and then so put some the conscious day, thought into it. Could could you? I had to. I'm just curious I if you to. could visualize the end result, or was it just like just for today survival? Like today, it was only, it was only one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah. Yes, it was literally one day at a time because if I thought too far ahead, I would get discouraged. Because 200 pounds, like I was thinking, my goal was to lose 50 pounds. But I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, but let me just big. start start with somewhere. So I, just, I just wanted to highlight that because that's really important for the listeners when they see the, you know um, dramatic change. Is is thinking how do I get through the first step? How do I get through the first bit? And you're just going small steps and just your mindset was just I want to live and keep it into today and just for today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just today, even actually, it was just the morning. Like, if I can just this morning have my smoothie and not eat any junk with it, I'll be doing good. Yeah. Let me not eat the donut with the smoothie. Like, that's gonna counter. <laughs> it's not gonna do anything. But sometimes we can do that, right? We'll be like, I have the health thing. Out, it's not a good idea. So let's just leave that alone. Or maybe, like I said. But I'm having toast and eggs. Instead of having two pieces of toast, just have one piece of toast. Because I am going to eat the toast because maybe you just know yourself. You're not going to be able to survive without the toast or even the cookie or the thing. Just don't eat three of them. You don't have to be all extreme. Don't eat the whole piece of cake. Just eat half of it right now. <laughs> Save the other half for tomorrow. Like, literally, I would do that. Okay. And then I slowly just started doing less and less. Like, okay, in my tea, now I don't drink any sugar. But before, I used to drink like eat, drink it with like two spoons of sugar in it, or three sometimes. So instead of doing that, let me just put one and a half spoons of sugar in here instead. Did you like, consciously slowly, like map this out? Like, did you write it down and be like one to half to a quarter? No, you were just like feeling. It was just this mindset stuff and going, I want to live. So I'm just going to yeah. do. Like you were testing it. I was literally testing it out, and then. Um, read, I read this book called the, um, clean 20, I think it's called clean 20 or clean 30. And, um, it's this Dr. Ian Smith. He wrote this book about clean eating, which is basically taking out a whole bunch of, um, um, processed foods and, um, a lot of carbs, but he does, he does say potatoes and rice and certain things. And it's quite simple like that, because it's, it's just, 20 things, isn't it? Right. And it's just using that. And so that was also a lot of my foundation to slowly do it because he does still say you can have potatoes. You can still have even pasta a little bit, but just a little bit. So it was really more about my portions and my amounts of things that I would do 
everything was a little bit, just a little bit of everything. And between that book and the harvest, the fresh harvest, getting the vegetables delivered, I was starting to eat more vegetables. So I always have liked vegetables, but I was really going to try to just eliminate meats and um, sugar. Meat and sugar were my main things that I was trying to eliminate. And slowly, over time, my cravings for sweets lessened. Um, recently, I just did have a sugar craving, so I had some chocolate. So I'm just saying that it does happen sometimes still, but the amount of how much it is is not nearly as much as it was before. And your health has got in check, so it's different. And yes, my blood pressure has gone down significantly to where it's not at stroke level anymore. It's actually almost normal because I'm also taking some herbal supplements and trying not to do the medicine um, anymore. So I have a monitor, so I just keep up with it. And it's so the thing that I was impressed by the most and that I noticed the most wasn't the weight loss, but was your mindset. And it was this calmness. So Dorian's still doing his his eleven year old thing. Life is still happening. Um, you you you've got your training to do do this job, this remote working, like all this stuff is happening. And I'm visiting, and you're like, I'll be out at whatever time because I'm going to do my meditation and stuff first. And I was like, say what? I'm like, I haven't seen you in months. <laughs> um, not like that, but I was like, oh, like if, if for me, like if I have a visitor, I'll be like, fuck the routine, you know. Um, you were like, uh, no, I got to stay on top of this. I got to stay on point, right? And then just the little stuff when we just have our sisterly chat about struggles or whatever. You had some affirmations on the window, on the mirror, right? Uh, I can't remember what they say. You are enough? Yeah. You remember? Yeah, yes. you, you are enough. Yes. And I'm a magnet for um, abundance, prosperity, and love or something. Something beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah. and with all the, like, having seen you. I'm in- whole. I'm whole. That's so deep and beautiful. Um, but I could feel that energy off of you, like that you felt like you were enough and that you um, are whole and all of these things, this trust mm-hmm. that abundance is around the corner. And like just the whole energy, I was just like, I'm, I'm like in a prosperous time in my life and I'm fucking stressed. My psoriasis is breaking out. I've put on weight, you know, but on the surface, it's all happy and fulfilling and, and really good. And it is like, there's good bits, yeah. but I've, yeah. but I've been ignoring my body to such. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, just use like my mind is the thing that got me through trauma. I say, mm-hmm. if I can just be smart enough, I can get through stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can have edge and I can survive. And now I'm like in this peace time where my brain has gotten me as far as it has, which is amazing. And my body just needs to fucking like keep up. It's like, like this real sort of anger, like just keep up. Like, why the fuck are you slowing me down? You know, none of this like nurturing, like um, um, great gratitude for, for my body that's allowing me to breathe and be alive. And I want to, you know, and so I, I guess the timing thing, I was like going, fuck, you figured something out. And, and then I could see the practical application as well, which was how you prepped food. And, you know, I've got two kids as well, as you know, um, uh, you, you prepped ahead of time. You made bigger portions and froze it. You did all this stuff just to like have it in your routine. So it wasn't like a big deal. And I was like, this yeah. girl's on to something. Um, well, it's because I have to, that's the only way I can keep this up because I have lost weight before and I've gained it all back again. Um, shortly after the time that I had Dorian, I did get down um, almost to this um, size, and then I blew up again. 
Um, and like you said, it's because it's become now a part of me and it's my routine now. Um, it's my mental state and also the habits that I'm forming. Like you said, I have to meditate. I have to do these things because it's part of what's making me a whole person. If I don't do this, I can see that it will be very bad for me. And I know what it was like before and I don't want to go there ever again. Um, so just with that, it's almost a scare tactic for me to like keep me at bay or keep me disciplined okay. in this yeah. way. Um, so that I can maintain that because yeah. So you've heard all of these podcasts, right? Um, just, oh, a lot of them. Yeah, you've, you've heard a lot of them. Um, cause you've helped me out with them as well. Um, do you think that we need like the human condition is that we need a rock bottom moment, which is so stark and so like facing death in the face or facing, you know, disability or, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, it, it's sometimes the only thing that wakes us up enough to, to consistently put the changes in place. Like, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I have mixed feelings about that because, um, I think it's also partially because of the way we were raised, like uh, everything happens for a reason and um, all things work together for good to those that love God or whatever the Bible verse is. Um, so that mentality to me, um, it's, it might, there might be something to it because of the fact that I know for me and this situation that I'm in right now, yes, it probably took this to happen even though this was the second time that I got to this point on my back, but this was the one. And I feel like we all need to come to this point where we are ourselves sick of it. When you're sick of it and when you're actually tired and you are like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to keep living my life like that. Then that's when the change can happen. But also this time was different. So we see all these seeds of influence over the past four years ish with the coaches and, the awareness and the kind of fed upness and like, so you've got this yeah. little seed of stuff yeah. growing. Like right. we, we should acknowledge that. I knew something needed to change even before this. And you're so learning yes, stuff were, slowly. Right. And yeah. I was curious. I was trying to find a way. I just didn't really know how to go about doing it, but I was getting help through it um, with those two coaches. They were phenomenal and they did um, help me a lot to start with the meditation aspect of things and the yoga aspect of things. So those two things were very key and still are in my life. Um, but yes, I feel like this being on my back and literally when you're laying there, I couldn't do anything else but think and reflect and um, meditate and just and have five days of hyper coaching on TV. Right. Yes. And so, I mean, Yes. And when you're at stroke level, that, that's what I kept thinking. You're at stroke level, BB. Stroke is death at any moment. You just don't know. Like it can just suddenly, one day, you will not be here anymore. Dorian is going to be on his own. Um, of course, we have family here and everything like that. But that was a stark reality for me, too, to know, like, okay, you're fucking around with your life and playing with it right now. And it's serious. And you need to be taking it more seriously than you are. Because your life could be over. And then what? So really, for Dorian, also, I need to live. And then for myself, I need to live, too, because even though my life is not the best right now, 
there is potential and there is the possibility for something more for me. So I need to discover it. And that's what I'm excited about, even though it's scary, but. Yeah, but that was also the energy was like, you're talking about little business ideas and little things that you could just create your own like nation and build something. And like, you're, you're talking in less right. of a fearful kind of conformity way and just going, who am I? What makes me come alive and, and work mm-hmm. prospects moving forward? You're, you're, you're looking at it with different eyes. Yes. Yes, I do. I do find that too. And um, I have decided at this point right now, not saying forever, but right now, at least I've decided that I'm going to put school on hold for now and I'm not going to continue it because it was also causing me a lot of stress. And it was one of the main reasons I think that I was also um, having issues with my health and things like that too. But it was also really eating away at my um, confidence, my self-worth yeah. and my... As if you're not whole without finishing it. Right. Yes. yes, I really did feel like I wasn't I'm a not enough. person. Yes. And I'm, yes, I'm not. And I wasn't doing the best that I could be. And I was a failure and or quitter and all those things. But now I've just come to terms with that more and decided that my path is probably going to be something else. And I just don't quite know yet what it is. But I know, though, that I'm not feeling so bad about that anymore as I was before. So that in itself is big because I was very down on myself about that um, for a long time. But I mean, so it sounds like that's some of the gift that be, that's beginning. Like you don't have the full context of the gift yet. Like give it a year or two and you'll be like, fuck, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. My life's amazing, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it sounds like there's little kind of uh, little clues as to what the gift is from this time, which is, right. I mean, what do you see that it is? Well, I see, first of all, I physically, like I see a complete metamorphosis in myself like I was looking at pictures from just a year ago and I'm like oh my god I have two pictures um uh, I can't get one off my wall but what one is like it's because you've taken years off you as well you take it do you know how much weight you've lost yes 60 pounds you've just like been losing it and your face and your like energy level and you just look younger and just just your whole mindset and everything is so inspiring Oh, thank you. So, so sweet. No, I do feel a lot better physically. I feel a lot better with my spiritual growth and everything and my mentality and my outlook. I do. Um, I do see that there are still some more steps I need to take and there's still more progress to be done. So I'm not saying I've arrived by any means. And I do know that physically I would still even, you might think it's kind of crazy, but I do know that I do to still lose maybe 20 more pounds but that's going to be a work of progress once I can exercise a little bit more and my back gets stronger then I can actually really do some serious like cardio and like get yeah, yeah. down and dirty with it yeah and, um, <laughs> yeah and I can really but, but you're 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 not looking for the quick fix you're looking for the lifestyle no. change that's and sustainable that's exactly what it's become a lifestyle change so I know that I'll never go back again to eating like now meat makes my stomach hurt I eat chicken and fish every once in a while, but red meat, steak, like, I can't, I love it to death, but I can only eat, like, two bites, and then... That was the other thing. We went out to um, eat, and it was your birthday, and the restaurant people brought a cake, 
for you to blow the candles out and then you pushed it to the other you like you blew the candle out and did the like make everyone else happy and then you pushed the cake across the room and I was like yeah I think to Dorian or, or to Brian or someone um and and just certainly not in front of you and I was like so I let me just full circle this um I've been on a detox for a couple of days and I've stopped caffeine. Uh, that shit's hard. Remember how much it I wanted coffee? Like within five minutes of waking up, I'm like, where's the coffee machine? Um, and I'm trying, I got a Fitbit and I'm like walking and I like got some plant-based food in my freezer and I've got doing some smoothies in the morning. And literally I'm going, what would Phoebe do? I'm going, what would Phoebe do? I'm like, girl can change her life. What would Phoebe do? She's got some edge. She knows something. What would Phoebe do? It's on a loop. It's on a loop. I'm just like, what would Phoebe do? So. hilarious. No. It's so true. That's funny. It's so true. Yeah, I've actually cut out on the caffeine too. I've started, again, the slow thing about mixing the decaf with the caffeine first to like slowly wean myself from it. So now I've been putting a little bit more um, decaf in than regular. So now it's like, two spoons of regular and three spoons of decaf. Like, what's the point of having the whole, the caffeine anyway? I don't even drink the whole thing either. So I'm just like, you know, forget it. I'm not going to keep on drinking the caffeine. I'm just going to stop that. Um, Because it's also very bad for me. It's bad for my skin. It's bad for my blood pressure. It's not good for anxiety. None of that. So, Um, So, Phoebe, what advice would you give to somebody who is flat on their back for whatever reason? And life has just punched them in the face, and they're they're like, I don't fucking know what this is about. Like, what what advice would you give to them? To a literally flat on your back well, situation, or yours is very literal, but it could be I, metaphor, like my, I, you I, know, I, yeah. Well, if you are in that situation, then it usually gives you time to think and say to yourself. Hmm, what can I change? And so that's where I would say first, if you want, if you want to change, you have to decide if you want to, because we can all say hypothetically things and have these big ideas in our head, but if, until we actually want to do something and actually have the desired, the real strong will in our hearts that we want to do something different, then nothing's going to happen. And that's really the reality of it. So first, you have to want the change even if you don't necessarily know what it is you want to change about it or how to go about it, but the fact that you want to. And then I would say just baby steps. That has been the key for everything with me has been baby steps. Baby steps with meditation, baby steps with yoga, baby steps with my diet, baby steps with slowly taking out meat, slowly taking out the sugars, slowly adding a few more minutes on the app for my meditation because first I only could do one minute at a time. Mm-hmm. Just everything slowly and gradually because when you do anything with these like crash diets or these harsh core hardcore things you just go with it right away then i think afterwards you just get kind of tired or some people get bored easily so if you want to change and make it a lifestyle change and make it a habit then you have to do things slowly and build on that that's what i would say i love your advice wise words big sister um, thank you so much, Phoebe, for, I needed to bend her your arm a little bit, but thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast, sharing your wisdom, even though you don't feel like you're right at the end, but 
for me, this is what's powerful. It's the people that are in the struggle, that are still figuring it out, that are creating change despite, you know, the Brené Brown stuff and playing in the arena, you know, uh, despite what's going on around them. Uh, I'm very proud to call you my sister. Uh, I'm very inspired by the changes that you've made. Thank you so much, and I love you. Love you. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.